Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts podcast for June 27th of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHurts.com. And that is live footage from the Penguins front office where they have vomited all over themselves for the second consecutive offseason. <laughs> is that what that was? That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> well, podcast favorite Jack Johnson is rumored to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. Not only will he not be on short-term and little money, he will be making over $3 million for over five years. This is right in line with the Hunwick Reeves offseason of last year. And um, today, Connor Sherry and Matt Hunwick, the previous uh, mistake from last year, lowered Sherry's value for the Sabres to trade a fourth-round pick, could be a third, um, to get Sherry's um, depth value for a team that uh, very much needs it. And... While that could have been a good thing to clear cap space, no more than a few hours later, they go and waste it. I I, I don't... Okay, so... Oh, what the fuck? Um, so you're telling me they've gone and cleared Hardwick's cap space? Yay. And Sherry's cap space. So they got rid of what was... That's about $7 million. Five. five. Just for... $5 million for a draft pick, and they're now going to use it on fucking Jack Johnson. Yeah, I, I mean, I happen to value Connor Sherry at $3 million. Not everybody does. But I was okay moving him, and I think especially to get Hunwick's contract off the books is, is good, even though that was a self-inflicted error giving term to a shitty defenseman that's older. But then you just repeat the process over again. Except you do it worse. Because you gave up a good depth forward that has the ability to jump up. I mean, he led the freaking NHL in points per 60. Yes, that was driven by Sidney Crosby. He still did it. No other Crosby line mate's ever done it. He had a bad season last year, and he put up 18 goals. Yeah, he he fell out of favor with the coach. It's quite clear that the coach got frustrated with him, and the general manager went, "Well, it's not Phil Kessel. We can get rid of Connor Sherry without it being a complete backlash." But this is just fucking nuts. Like you clear that cap space, you, you, this team needs improvement around the edges. Every general manager that's got this team can't seem to work around the edges well at all. I, this this is the stuff that I was worried about with Rutherford right from the very beginning. And he has made some good moves. I mean, he caught lightning in a bottle when he got um, Hornquist in and when he got Haglin in and Benino. You know what I mean? Like he, if, you, if you weigh it up from when he started to where he is now, he's probably still in front in regards to good deal to bad deal, in regards to the results doing well for the team. But this one fucking sucks. He managed to get himself out of one last year from doing the Hunwick thing. It's, oh, wow, he got out from it. Right, okay, so he's learned his mistake. Let's not go for a slow-moving defenseman that that doesn't have an awful lot of skill. Let's not go... No, straight back into the fray. 
Everybody yeah. knows this podcast is not a fan of Jack Johnson, but for fuck's sake, come on. I I don't know what they're looking at at all. There's nothing out there that tells me he's competent. Eye test, analytics. I like. Does it even matter what you're looking at? He sucks. Well, and you can't throw me the junk, and and I've already seen it on Twitter, and it's so yeah. frustrating. Well, look what they did with Justin Schultz. Oh, I don't know. Justin Schultz, who was in his mid-20s playing in the most fucked-up organization in the NHL, got out of a bad situation, actually has had skill. His underlying numbers did actually start improving when they got his usage right. And then he goes to get to, get to play on one of the most skilled teams where they actually put him in a place to succeed. This is not the same thing. This is not it at all. And then you could throw Trevor Daly into that mix, uh, which I would say, no, they caught lightning in a bottle, like you said, that he played that well for half a season. And then you got the real Trevor Daly the next year. Even though they did win it all, that doesn't mean Trevor Daly played well. He totally sank Olimata the entire season. Um you know, these defensemen uh, just relying on Sergei defense whisperer Gonchar to fix everything is such a flawed, like, there needs to be skill at the base of these reclamation projects. You don't just bring in a guy who sucks and say, hey, hey, Serge, go get it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He's also on the wrong side of the learning curve. Like, you look at Alexiak, he's 25. You can have the you can have the defenseman whisperer get into his ear and teach him some things that he needs some help with. That makes sense to me. Same with 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 Marta, with him being so young and Brian Dumoulin as well. You know all those guys that are that age. But you're not going to get Jack Johnson coming in and and getting any better in regards to position because he's drilled into him what he's been doing for however long he's been in the league for. He's the same age, if not older, than Chris Letang, right? He got drafted two spots behind Crosby, by Rutherford, by the oh, way. He, he was number three. That's right. He's been in the um, league that long. His first year after the big lockout. It's over. We have over a decade of traditional box stats, and we have uh, another decade of when we finally got the data scraping to, to do all the um, more advanced stuff. And all of it points to being a real piece of shit on the ice. Like, there's nothing redeemable here. I looked at, there are 57 defensemen who played have, have played 10,000 minutes since data scraping became a thing. And if I can pull this up quick, he's 57th on relative Corsi, which means he's the worst compared to his teammates. And he's been on all sorts of different level teams, so, you know. He just sucks compared to so, his peers. Excuse me. He's so 53rd that's, that's on the... Raw out of 57. Raw Corsi. Like... It's the thing that I don't... Like, roll back a, a, a sec where you got there and you said, how does he assess players? Where does the assessment come from? And it's like, you know, a wonderful set of Ventura was at the draft, um, sitting there looking uh, very important. But then... <laughs> You sit there and go, these are the conversations he would have to be a part of because it's it's data management in the NHL. It's, you know, his field. It's what he's there for. And, and 
your data guys are only as good as how willing you are to listen to them. And I, I swear this decision is a guy that is not listening to somebody that says, dude, you're barking up the wrong tree. This is not the type of defense when you want to have. This is going to be Matt Hunwick all over again. There's no way that Ventura can sit there and, and go, yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. This has to be in spite of, not because of. Well, I certainly won't speak for Sam and, and never would. Oh. But I'm, I'm pretty confident he's probably not in love with Jack Johnson, the NHL hockey player. So, I mean, I don't think that minimizes um, the fact that he is um, in an official position, which I think is a very good thing. His expertise and wisdom is there to be had, and that is an asset. But again, if the guy that ultimately uh, makes the final call on things isn't quite going to go that route then there's not much a person like sam can do and, no, and i'm just no, speculating that's the problem. but i have talked with him and we kind of you know i get the feeling you know i don't think it's a surprise to anybody who um, follows this stuff that um he probably doesn't value the metrics that are in place uh in front of them which also include being the worst uh, relative expected goals for in 54th overall out of 57 with a, his raw expected goals for percentage his 5v5 points per 60 which of course you would think oh well his possession sucks maybe he's like the Thomas Vanek of defensemen he'll put up offense 0 0.58 which is 49th out of 57 this is a guy who's been played like he's good for a decade and he sucks but the funny thing is, the coach who played Dan Girardi, in spite of Dan Girardi, didn't even want to play Jack Johnson in this year's playoffs. Right? And, and to tie it so back to the to Penguins, put that in, Ian Cole is going yeah, to make but, about what Jack Johnson is. Oh, Jesus. And, but, and people... Yeah. Like, just think about that, though. It's like... Tortorella was it, just went, no, I can't do this. And Jack Johnson has all those, in, if you listen to guys like Pierre Maguire and all those nutbags, he has all those intangible things that Dan Girardi has. Yet, Tortorella still wouldn't play him in the playoffs. In fact, they wanted to trade him at the deadline. And, and, and now you're expecting him to come in and actually magically play well because his childhood buddy says, come on, bring him in. If this has got anything to do with Crosby, and I am praying to God that it's not. Oh, wow. Um, Rutherford needs to just put his foot down and go, no. You can't have your superstars demanding what comes onto the roster. I mean, Mario Lemieux did it when Sergei Zubov got tossed. Yeah, Hall of Football should like, be Hall of Fame. He didn't get in again this year, but... Yeah. Due to, due to the people like Pierre, but they did get Gary Bettman in. Uh, I know we got so much to talk podcast. about when we haven't been on the air for a bit, but we're on limited time today, and um, yeah. the Jack Johnson stuff. Um... Yeah, we will definitely podcast probably this time next week because obviously the UFA period will have started. Players will be where they sh will where they'll most likely go. 
um, I'll be able to cry into my breakfast with the Jack Johnson signing. So we can sort of try and cover more of that at that point there. This is just nuts. I I don't... This is this is Rutherford in Carolina. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Makes a couple of good deals, a couple of terrible ones. And the terrible ones generally outweigh the good ones in their totality in the end. And the team goes nowhere. The, the team will go a little bit somewhere because, again, he inherited oh, look, just fantastic yeah. top-end talent. Exactly. And if he thinks for a minute, because he's been talking about getting Latang's minutes down. Oh, God, no. Oh, yeah. This this, Please, this no, move was no. made to have three pairings in the, in the mold of how they used to do their forward lines before last year when they just decided to ice a complete dog shit fourth line, which... You know, Kuhnhackle seems to be gone, which is good. Rowney doesn't seem to be coming back. That's good. They want to re-sign Riley Sheehan, which is fine by me. Uh, that would actually be make sense to use some of the cap space to, to have a fourth-line center. Um, one that would cost a little bit more than normal, but to, to run down Crosby, Malkin, Broussard, and Sheehan, that's pretty good. But to do that on defense and pay a premium to have Jack Johnson around. I mean, give me a fucking break. He's not even a bottom pairing guy. He's 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 replacement level dog shit. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I really don't. And if I'm being quite it's... honest, I'd rather the team throw the money at the musician and just have him play at intermission. <laughs> I mean, I... that seems to bring more value. Might even keep attendance up past the years that I, they're in their prime who knows i just don't it just doesn't make i don't get it basically i suppose is what i'm saying like well well uh, furthermore i don't think you're allowed to criticize the front office because they did win two stanley cups yeah but the second one was in spite of what they did not because of what they did first one absolutely but yeah, you can't. Uh, for fuck. Shut up. Hey, a- appeal oh, to the authority man. that signs Jack Johnson at 31 to a multi year deal at not league minimum. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jack Johnson's. Fuck that. If they're going to do that, just take Mike Green on and play him as a third pairing, for Christ's sake. Well. At least Mike Green can skate. Well, Mike Green's going to cost five mil. I'd still rather it be well, I, two, by, yeah. two by five. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the lockout's going to get rid of some of those five years, but that doesn't change the fact you still have a replacement-level player making above uh, league minimum who is going to hog some ice time and not be good. Fuck. And, you know, I, I Sherry... I really thought the tail end of... The... You lost Sherry for nothing, because you wanted that cap space, which, you know, you hear the Jeff Skinner stuff, you hear, you know, there's a bunch of, it's that time of year, uh, rumors. Like, if you're going to clear space, do it for somebody that would move the needle, you know, in the right direction, not not bend over backwards to fuck it up within hours. I'm going through the list of, of defensemen now that are, available there's one that i wrote about i did fucking three blogs today 
<laughs> Did you? I I would I would take a flyer on fucking Cody Franson, Andre Schuster. Um, I was jokingly going to say Lucas Spezza. Um, Calvin DeHaan. Yeah, well, that's who I wrote. Who were all? Yeah, really? Oh, yay! Um, even Thomas Hickey, like all of those kind of guys in that price range, you go. Yeah, but who's going to play so calm with fucking Sid on the plane? Uh, they all fucking oh, Jesus Christ! I just you just get there with it, and it's it, it's just a little slash a lot frustrating that. We have the most basic of basic stats that float around, right? The public ones. And, and you can see where players do well and you can see where players don't. And Jack Johnson doesn't fit into the good stuff that this team needs players to do well to be able to to help the team moving forward. Like if they... I know there was a Mark Madden tweet saying it's five years by... Was it five by five that they said? No, it's... I've heard three to three and a half. I mean, well, if it's if it's three and a half, then you've at least still got some of that wiggle room from that cap space, obviously for the Sheehan side. Still need some for Alexa, and then you've got yeah, and then you've still got the youth coming up to fill in the the wing spots down lower in the lineup. What happens if? And I'll use Kunitz as an example because he's the easiest one for me to remember. What happens if you want to bring someone like Kunitz on for a mill? Suddenly you're flush against the cap and you've got no wiggle room for injuries. Yeah, well, you know, that's how it is. Oh, it shouldn't be. It doesn't have. To... Oh, why did they have to let? Yeah. Why did they have to let? Bloody. I couldn't. I legitimately couldn't see. I've forgotten his name now because he's not our general manager anymore. Cheryl? Buffalo oh, general manager. No. I couldn't. That's what I was looking for. I, could, I literally couldn't see Botterell doing this, but he may prove me wrong in his time with, with Buffalo, but it just seems silly. <sighs> so frustrating. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and... It, it, particularly for a team that, like, you know, there were whisperings about someone like Jeff Skinner. It, it's problematic in that the Penguins have such a... one of the easiest teams to run. I mean, the expectations are probably not fun to deal with, but that's a whole different thing. As far as actually, like, piecing together a roster, like, they're not chasing any of the hard pieces. I don't know how many times I can say it. So why you got to fuck up the easy stuff? This is such a yeah, classic, it's, it's... easy, avoidable. There's so much evidence of these shitty players. You already did it with Skidari. You just saw it happen with Orpik in Washington. Even though they won the cup, it certainly wasn't because of him. Um, you see this aging defenseman that can't hack it. And, you, and you're going to... Uh, I suppose the glass super full the take on this yeah. is he literally cannot put pen to paper and sign the contract yet. Well, he can't maybe, until maybe Mark Bergevin first, comes in with right? seven by seven. Okay, now we're... Well, yeah, yeah, it sure um, shit is, isn't it? 
You move that pay you move the that only, patch ready only... money, you got some room. See, this is one of those things where having an old dude that doesn't give a toss about public perception of him hurts. Bergevin makes moves because he's worried about what the Montreal fans think of the team or what they need and all that sort of stuff. You can tell he gets moved by he gets moved by those around him. Rutherford doesn't. You know, this, and in situations well, like GM this, should do that. I'll, I'll give Rutherford. I, I think if you're going to, you know, going to be a general manager a particular way, stick to your guns with it. And Rutherford does, but this is where it's a negative as a fan, because you can't, you, you can't influence him. You can't have a groundswell of people saying, "Do not do this." There's just not enough push, considering how tight people in the media are with the club. You know, they're just mouthpieces out to the public. There's no, oh, hang on, I really think you should probably think about this. The fans really don't like this as an idea. There's none of that going back the other way. And this sort of shit is where, you know, an uprising of the fan base needs to occur. Because this is just garbage. It's going to make this season harder to watch. Because I have absolutely no doubt that I think Latang will be better. Um... Not that he was particularly bad last team. year, but I can't see his... No, no, I, I realise that. But it's the edges that make the difference. When you get to the playoffs, it's the edges that make the difference. And Washington's edges were better than our edges this time around. And it did, it did help that, you know, almost all of their players, their star players were healthy and a couple of ours weren't. But that's what happens in the playoffs. So when your star players are a little bit, uh, you need to have your edges play up. And they just got rid of a skilled guy who can. Jack Johnson's certainly not a skilled player that can play up. So, you know, like you said, he's every general manager, well, Shero um, and Rutherford, they've got, you know, they've had it handed to them. They've got the hard pieces. It's the edges that they seem to be unable to get right. Yeah. Then you've got the Phil Kessel debacle well, stuff as well. I, I mean, that I think that's come and gone. But the fact that it even came is ridiculous. Is my point? Yeah, and that's one of his greatest accomplishments as the general manager of the Penguins too. But if you're a general manager, you shut that shit down straight away. Don't leave it out there. You know, get him in a room, get him on a teleconference quick and just tell him to sort this shit out or just tell them both to shut up. I mean, it like we said before, it's okay to be upset at Phil if he valued the consecutive games over the rest that he probably should have had. But at the same time, what the fuck are you going to do replacing 92 points? You, yeah. you just move on and you're like, well, fuck, whatever. Well, what you do is the next time something comes up like that, you just sit him. You make him sit. You don't. You don't give the player the option. Like that, that's that's the other thing. Well, about Phil the, would the pout about they that. They knew he was hurting. If, Phil would pout about. He, that. he can pout all he likes. He can pout all he likes. If you're going to get there and lay the entire blame on the player, when you have control over the roster, and who plays every night, then. Yeah, it's it's more on Phil than it is the coach. But the coach has got to take some responsibility for not actually just going, well, you're going to sit. Quite, quite, quite honestly, the person has the ultimate power and who gets on the ice and who doesn't is up to the coach. 
So to sit there and say, oh, you know, disappointed in Phil's decision and his attitude towards keeping the streak alive, it's like, yeah, but you can sit him. You have no trouble sitting young guys when, when they make an error on the ice. Just don't even play him. It's a tough line on that one because uh, I won't criticize Phil a ton with a lot of the other rubbish in Toronto, but I do think there's legitimate criticism to be putting that streak ahead of. Absolutely. But you move, no, but, absolutely but you there move, is. You, you got to move forward knowing that you're not going to replace that. Yep. And you I got to live with the that, devil you know, you know no. sometimes. Yep. And in the cold light of day, I, I think, you know, all the management side of it worked that out pretty quickly and went, yeah, maybe not. Spe- so. Well, speaking of devils that we know, um, Jack Johnson is just the reincarnation of Brandon Sutter on defense. Ooh, that's true and harsh. Well, guy that just keeps getting played over and over and gets contracts and, you know, you got the dopey side always defending and you're intangibles and they fucking suck. And, you know, look at, oh man, I got people would get on me about Sutter. He sure looks great in Vancouver, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. So it 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 feels like this team's they're actually shaping up alright up front. Like I think they're actually going to be better depth wise up front in regards to the ability to, to, to use the puck on all four lines as opposed to just you know, dumping it and, and just trying to keep teams tied up on the fourth line. They're going to be deeper in that aspect, which is fantastic. It's, it, it, it was easy um, to do, though. It was also self-inflicted on why it was a problem. Yeah, but they've managed to, to fix that. The problem you've got, though, is the the cutting off at the knees of, of having a pairing on defense that might really struggle to move the puck, who are most likely going to be paired with that fourth line. So you get there and go, are they going to play Alexiak with him or are they going to play Ruedel with him or, or Marta? Like, I think, I think Ruedel is going to struggle to find um, some time. A spot in the lineup, which is funny because halfway through the year, he'll be in the lineup because I'll have realized Jack Johnson is Matt Hunwick 2.0. Um, so what are you going to do? You're going to crater Alexiak? And then the fourth line's not going to get out of the zone. And then the forward, the young forwards that are most likely going to be on that fourth line are probably going to get the blame because they, they can't collect shitty passes that are in their skates or coming off the glass. I don't know. Uh, perhaps I read it wrong, but I think Jason Mackey alluded to Olimata playing on the bottom pairing. So he's progressing up the lineup as we all hoped. I mean, that remains to be seen on how they deploy these players, but um, Jack Johnson in the lineup is a problem, period. Uh-huh. And Oli Marta does not have the foot speed to recover Jack Johnson. No, no, I, no, that that is not what I was implying. That's what no, I'm implying. They would not be partners. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck <laughs> no. 
Okay, Justin Schultz is a decent enough skater to maybe recover, but he'll play conservative. The thing... Yeah. Great. Keeps getting better. Who's Who's our defensive coach? Who's the guy that does the line changes and the combos? Because it, it's not it Sullivan. Martin? He was. Was he still I don't on the bench? Envy his, I do not. Yeah, I think so. I don't envy Jack Martin's job. Might be. Might be Gunch. Well, I was going to say maybe Gunch needs to come down from the from upstairs and fucking do it. Oh, this is such a bad idea. It is. Because the thing for me, it's not, and that's the other problem. It's not even so much the what he's going to do to his defensive partner and crater that person as well. It's the the all the it's the entire five players on the ice. How do they transition from not having the puck to collecting the puck to then moving the puck on? So if Jack Johnson really struggles to get the puck out with control, and say he's playing on the second pairing, that means he's going to be playing with Malkin and Crosby's lines. How deep is Malcolm going to have to come to recover the puck with control? And same with Sid. Like, how deep are they going to have to come to get control of the puck to work up the other end? And how much longer are they going to have to stay in the zone cycling to try and retrieve the puck? Because Jack Johnson can't strip a puck and then can't make a tape-to-tape pass to clear the zone. Like, there's, there's ramifications uh, around it that it's worse than just, oh, he can't skate and he can't pass. It affects so much of the lineup flow. And if you're right, they want Latang's minutes to come down close to the 22-23 mark. They have to be spread across the entire the entire other five players. It wasn't players. signed not to play. It, at, at that term. Correct. I mean, you moved. You'd say the same about Hunwick as well, though. He wasn't signed not to play, and they decided not to. Yeah, but that was two-ish million, not five years. I mean, Matt Hunwick, there's an argument that is better than Jack Johnson. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Oh, God damn it. Please, Bergevin, please. What's lower, Jack Johnson's uh, possession metrics or his credit score? Oh, that's nasty. The possession metrics, I'm sure. Um, well, can't Chiarelli, can't Chiarelli help us out here as well? You know, they keep Chris, saying that Chris they Russell might be a better contract than this Jack Johnson one. Oh wow, that's bad as well. Well, none of them are good. That's yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I yeah, I know we don't have a ton of time left. Maybe end on a slight positive, if I can rewind. Yes, rewind please. And please do. Rewind and go back to the the draft, where I think they did, you know, some nice things with the earlier picks they had, considering they didn't have a first-round pick because they had uh, that, that was gone in the Broussard trade. I think they went with the skill and offensive-based players, uh, that might not make it, but at least there's a pulse there, and it's not an automatic. Well, the ceiling's going to be playing defensive. Oh, great! So he sucks. Yeah, they they swung for the fences, which is one of the things that's bothered you the most with with drafting with this team. At times, is that they don't swing for the fences. 
they look to draft for need or, as you said, draft for somebody that they go, right, well, in four years' time, he'll be our fourth line. Drafting for need is the worst because how do you even know what your needs are three years from now? So much happens, um, you know? Thank you, thank you, the Montreal Canadiens for giving Zadina some um, motivation to absolutely torch the league. <laughs> I like those comments. That was awesome. <laughs> I don't mind that. Said it all. I thought it was um, awesome. So Pittsburgh's first pick at fifty-three overall was Kalen Addison, undersized defenseman, but point per game defenseman. So if you're producing at lower levels, you at least have a chance at producing at higher levels. If you're Connor Hall, not producing shit, you don't have any potential of producing at future levels. So, while Addison might not make it, at least the door's open and not already closed. Well, the thing for me, if he does make it, um, he'll be making it in his role. As in, he'll at least be a second-pairing defenseman that creates offense. You know, if you're a if you're a defenseman, defensive defenseman, and you and you don't make it, well. Oh, and you do make it. All you're doing is stopping the puck from going in your net and not helping the offense. So, you know, it, it comes down to what you believe is needed in a hockey club, I suppose. Uh, the next selection they made was Philip Hollander, 17-year-old, but playing in the second-tier uh, Swedish league. So against um, not yeah, Men. playing against older players. 20 points in 40 games, which is really good. For a 17-year-old, even if it was the second tier, um, his his um, team actually, it kind of works like the European soccer where teams get relegated. His team's actually bumping up to the top-tier SHL league. So if he stays, he'll be playing against better competition. And furthermore, if they want to bring him to the AHL, he can play there, unlike the CHL bullshit. That happened with Daniel Sprung. So the developmental path can be whatever they choose it to be. And I would argue it's going to be all against professional players, which is good. And his early returns, 20 points in 40 games. Uh, For 17, hey, you know, that could be something. We'll have to track it. But that sounds pretty okay. I'd keep him. If he's going up to the elite, I'd keep him over there. Yeah, definitely. But that's a great option. Canadian. Oh, it's an option you're allowed Canadian to have. Juniors yeah. is fucking rubbish. Not not the. Um, there are excellent players that I don't mean it like that. Like fewer, with how many development options there are now, especially with college hockey continuing to grow. Um, why why would you want to be in the CHL knowing that like if you were NHL potential, you could get fucked over and and not make money professionally until later because of stupid made-up rules that don't make sense. It's just to protect Canadian hockey. They need to They need to move forward. Yeah, and I've always said if you're so in love with hockey and you're the best ever at hockey in Canada, 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 uh, you'll fill the stands anyways. You don't need these um, baby gloves on to, to protect your assets like that. But Nope. But they do. It's... So, actually, on a on a good note for the big club, though, they do have ten million bucks in cap space. Technically, right now they do. So, 
Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to burn through it with some of that Jack Johnson stuff and obviously the Riley Shane stuff as well. But it still does give them wiggle room to add some more depth on the wings. And I would pray for another defenseman, um, which seems absolutely ridiculous to have eight defensemen on your roster. But this team can't stay healthy. Well, Ruido's there. Um, no, I realise he's there. And, and quite frankly, but I still think some seven. of those. Yes, yes. And I stand by what I said earlier. I think he'll end up in the lineup halfway through the year, like he did this year, replacing Hunwick. And the six that we've got listed at the moment on Cat Friendly will probably be the playoff six. Um, but I don't really want one of those guys to get injured and then Jack Johnson jumping in and filling the hole. No, it, no. So it, it, I'd it, like... You're being way too optimistic. Rob Scuderi never got sat. I don't listen. It's, he's not I getting. I just sad. got out of. He's not getting sad. I, look, I just got out of bed. I know. I We've been by, I, 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 I tweeted you. I'm like, I think we have to record. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Look so, at all these awesome I, moves. I think the other thing that sort of frustrates me about the Brian Rust and the the Connoisseur oh, contract didn't even bring Rust is no, no, no. You wrote a really good piece in regards to if you like the Rust signing, you have to like the Sherry signing because they're ostensibly, they're ostensibly the same output, just done in different styles. So Rust got to stick around because his, his most recent year, his most recent, he biased, he was good. Connor Sherry's was bad. And, and it doesn't have to as be a Rust or Sherry thing. Like I, I really wanted to make it, that a point. It, I just hate the hypocrites. Yeah, no, no, but if you look at them like the two of them as assets and you go, well, he's traded away kind of share at his lowest possible value in regards to assets returned. Only the um, and he was added for a sal- And he was added for a salary dump, basically, as well, when you think about it. it it's like... I, just this general manager is... It's like he's schizophrenic. <laughs> I'm glad Rust is signed. He's he's gonna, he, Good. you know, at his age and, and that cost, his aging curve won't hit him until the end of the contract, which is I, handy. I, I, it's like a he should fall, fall off a map. I, I have no problem with that contract. I just think it's funny that people had problems with Sherry's and not Russ, and it just goes back to the eye test failing people over and over again. Sherry falls down a lot. I agree. It's frustrating. There are sequences where he falls and you're like, God damn it. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) That does go through my head, but I'm not going to ignore the overall output because I get frustrated by a few sequences because you know what? Those foot race battles he wins, you know, those count too. And they're going to count for Buffalo. And quite frankly, you're going to see him on Eichel's line. They have had trouble filling left-wing spots on his line. Well, gee, he'd seem to do okay with Sid. And no, I don't think he's going to lead the league in points per 60 again. I don't expect him to. That was a lightning-in-a-bottle situation for Sherry. But I also expect him to be better than he was last year. It's a really nice price point player to spread offense around your lineup. And he's able to play both... Uh, wings, although I do think left side is better for him. 
I think he should get some time penalty killing um, because of his speed. And he can play second power play if you need him to. So a really good move for Buffalo. Yeah, well, Potter would know. Yeah, he signed him as an undrafted free agent. So, um, And the other thing I, I had actually forgotten is that, yes, he will go and retrieve the puck so that fucking poor old Jack Eichel doesn't have to go and do it all himself. Like, that was one of the blessings for Sid of having someone like... And look, to be honest, Rust has got the speed to do the same thing. So having both of those players on you know, Crosby's line meant Sid didn't have to work quite as hard to go and retrieve the puck every single time he was on the ice. That will be brilliant for Eichel. Some of that workload off his, off his back will really help his ability to, to produce more offense again as he grows and develops as a, as a hockey player. I mean, you think about the combinations that have worked well with Sid, you know, that was Pascal Dupuis' job. Go and get the puck. And get it and That's how he got... Yeah. And, and that's how they got most of their assists, was, was being the first to the puck to give it to Sid to create for the other person to, to do something with. So, um, But Cherry can get open in soft spots sit- and shoots. Yes, some of those get flubbed too. But, like, that's one of those things you where... You've got to be there to flub it. got to be there to flub it. And he's there more times than he's not. And... I think I, I just think it's going to be a good move for Buffalo. There's no risk at all there, at all. No, 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 no. I, I think it's 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 good for Buffalo, and it's it's a shame that he can't be used deeper down the lineup in Pittsburgh. Well, he he could, but, you know. Yeah, but he's not though. That's what no, well, I'm saying. He's, he's, obviously, he's, not going. he's obviously gone. But that's that's my point. Like that's the problem I have with it. It's like. Quite clearly, the eye test was obviously pissing the coach well, it's off. it's frustrating at times, don't get me wrong. But, you know, the other frustrating thing is when people say, oh, well, he can't play in a bottom six. Like, stop calling. You just play on a line with other people. And if you focus on skill, who gives a shit what the label is? Yeah. Look, I reckon we're doing okay to actually have the two, like to have the four lines considered two tiers at the moment. I think that's a progression for mainstream hockey. Yeah, well, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, well, sure, he can't play on I the fourth line. <clears throat> why? Okay, why I, not? I know exactly. If it's if I know exactly if what it's you're with saying. Riley Shahan and like I don't know Rust or Sprong or whoever is not Zach Aston Reese or whoever. Like, why can't you do that? Yeah, it's not ideal to pay three mil for that, but if it's all under the cap, whatever. Yeah, how the coach deploys the the eighteen players out of the ice is, is how he chooses to deploy so, them. So I know um, you have to get going. But hey, yeah, it, look, that is a progression though. It used to be you've got your top line, your grinders, your fighters, and all that kind of stuff, right? The fact that we're moving to saying we want six six players of skill, and then the other six are a mishmash. I think that's an improvement of mainstream hockey attitude. I think at I some think it's point it's almost at a top nine, depending on. Uh, you person. see, you, you see a lot of it. You see a lot of top nine stuff. And I'm talking mainstream stuff, like most of the people that listen to this podcast, and you know, basically most of the people I follow on, on Twitter are all talking about that the the top nine, and then having you trying to have your last line be as um, effective as possible. Obviously, trying to make it a four line team. At worst, at least have them break zero. And 
and teams are starting to move to that. But you don't hear it on the TV coverages and things along those lines. Once you start hearing, you know, top nine bleed into that, that's when I'll know that the everything's moved forward in that context because that's where most people obtain their their hockey knowledge and their, their hockey jargon. You know, we're a, um, we're a small part of the hockey community that it, that can be bothered enough to one listen to podcasts, track the you know, catch up on the data that's being tracked, and talk about it. And get as passionate about it as this. So that's that's half the problem is that you've got to try and, and have it slowly bleed into everybody else to, to start thinking that way. It's going to take time. It is going to take time. And you're right. I'm and we're go. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, thanks for being patient with us. Um, and we were very glad to get this in. Uh, so in some ways, thank you, Jack Johnson, for motivating us to record. <laughs> Couldn't not do <laughs> to get it. Angry enough. So you know where to find us by now. The iTunes uh, review would be um, appreciated, and I think that's about it. So hopefully we'll see you sooner than later. Catch you guys.